This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So we're going to talk a little bit about comics that should or are being taught in, in schools. Yeah. We make a living talking about comics, we love comics, we, they are in our, like, we, we, we bleed for colors, uh, why shouldn't we also be advocating for schools to adopt them into their curriculums? And indeed, Absolutely. we live in a wild, wild world where I have lived in both worlds of comics were considered to be a joke or for children to comics are being used by educators who have virtually no understanding of how they work, but are being told that if they want to be called the cool teacher, they got to use them. Like it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I'm actually seeing a trend of like educators being encouraged to use comics and then being like, I didn't go to college and then graduate school to use your silly funny books in my books with pictures. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what's more, I know that certainly, uh, in education, I haven't be an educator. If you don't know, I'm a fully licensed English teacher for high school level. I've worked in uh, about five different school districts on various different, uh, tasks and levels, but I happen to be certified specifically in in English education, uh, in two different States. Uh, so I have a little bit of experience at least to be able to talk intelligently on the subject, uh, and, give you a little bit of a behind the curtain look at how education works and how things are adopted and whether or not things would be adopted. But, uh, I've certainly seen, uh, the, the gamut of comics being used and, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wild scene. So we're going to talk about a couple of books we recommend so that you who are by and large, probably in school of some kind, uh, maybe might be able to take this list and say, no, don't show them the show. Cause they're not going to watch it. Uh, but you know, Take this list and go. Here's some here's some things that might appeal to your to your demographic, your students. Yeah. Um, or if you're an educator yourself, you might be like, hey, oh, that's not a bad idea. I'm gonna grab a couple of these. Most def. I'm I'm happy we could do this show, Sal. I'm especially happy I could do it with you, knowing your background and everything. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm glad you suggested the topic actually, because it's a it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, funny thing about comics in school is uh, when I was a kid, I used to bring comics to school. Um, to read for fun. Um, they were absolutely, without question, not accepted as reading material <laughs> for outside school, for like, you know, oh, we, I want you to read something for, for class. No, comic books don't count. They actually used to incorporate that into their little, like, spiels before assigning uh, assignments for classes that I was in. Because they'd be like, no, Sal, shut up. <laughs> can't do any of those silly-ass comic books. Um you know, it's funny, I'm a, I'm a little younger than you, and I think I was the uh, generation where that actually started to change. I remember my last big book report project in high school, They it was the first time ever they're like, okay, if it's on the you know, New York Times bestselling list, you can do it, and that included Watchmen, V for Vendetta, and Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and in fact, uh, nowadays, actually, the New York Times bestseller list has become uh, more terrible and tainted because I know. they've decided to revoke comics entirely from that list they're no longer eligible because why wouldn't you want to take what some are calling a dying industry and 
take away the one last bastion of relevancy and like legitimacy that they could have scraped together feels Um, real petty doesn't it it feels very petty it's like somebody screwed up like maybe like the editor of the new york times bestseller list wanted to write like a spider-man book and they were like no Um, just feels really crappy uh but anyway my point is uh, about that it's interesting how you could nowadays be like oh yeah i'm gonna assign a comic it won't make students read them anymore (laughs) Uh, because and i've seen this a a couple of places the stigma of comics while lessened still exists Mm. and so i have seen in a in most if not all occasions like popular i hate using that term i really don't want to but like popular girls and and boys looking at the comic and going like nope like i'm not gonna read that i'm not gonna try i don't think it i think it's a waste of time i've seen like nerds and geeky people be like i read that i'm good i don't need to do that like just just completely scoffing at the idea that like because it's something new and because it's something that has this stigma attached to it it is therefore dismissible and so I think in order to achieve harmony in, sell, in, in selling comics in schools, sla- and when I say selling, I don't mean like literally with a merchant. I mean like actually trying to pitch comics as a medium to be taught as a, as a teaching tool. You need to also teach comics as like a thing. You need to be like raise awareness and advocate for the industry itself and the medium itself and be like, yo, this, is, this exists this is what they're all about. Here's what we're all about. Like here, here's where they, you know, stand and how you can actually derive meaning and 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 you know culture from them. It's messed up and weird, but there we are. Uh, we have this thing called super chats. Super chats are one way of this show earning this channel money so that we can continue to have a studio and a studio space um, and be able to do live shows on a regular basis. Um, so we want to thank you all so much for participating. And if you do participate, of course, it's, it's at least fair that we read your Super Chat on the show. Uh, Silvery Cricket, for example, says, I am a graduate, a graphics design student, and I'll be graduating very soon. In my four years at college, they haven't bothered talking about Superman about the Superman symbol once, one of the most recognizable symbols in the world. I agree. Um, That's like not talking about the Coke logo. No. Yeah, I'm sure you spent like a good semester on the Coke logo, on uh, on like the Campbell's Soup logo, you know. But no, Superman, Batman, the concept of like deve- just the iconography of a superhero. Can you imagine how hard it is today to develop a superhero and go like, what's their logo all about? Oh, yeah. And Wildly. be like, yeah, you're because you're not just comparing it to like its own universe. You're comparing it to every logo that's ever existed. How is yours going to stand out? How is yours going to achieve some kind of visual cue? Um, of course, some logos completely get at hand. I mean, like the Punisher logo, for example. Yeah. It's, you know, the Memento Mori, but also it's like Frank's specific like signal that says this is what you're going to get. Like, I am death mm-hmm. itself. But then you got like cops and soldiers <laughs> and like gangs all using yeah. the and you none can't of them understanding what it. it's there for or what no, it represents. it's very true and even jerry conway has stuck up and been like no no american sniper people no yeah uh, moon knight 32 says with the success of the mcu even it's sad to me to see so many teachers and faculty and pta considering comics as infantile there's so much potential i agree and i hope we can change some minds or at the very least give you some ammunition 
so that you mm -hmm. can help change the minds yourselves. Absolutely, because, you know, they do have literary value. They do have educational value. And if we do our jobs by the end of this. Yeah, then hopefully we will have we have sold a few people on it. Um, so here's the thing. Like I said, you got to sell comics as a medium. You got to be like, this is a thing. It's not easy. Some people think comics are easy. That like mm -hmm. it's it because it is a method of storytelling that's been around since like caveman drawings. It's a mm -hmm. way to express language in a visual and textual way. So you need to understand that like it is in itself a language, and that language can be used, you know, with finesse or with clumsiness. And mm -hmm. understanding how comics work is essential to being able to teach comics and use them as a teaching tool. Uh, that's yeah. why I got a couple of books for you. Uh, these are comic books. They are books that are also graphic, so they're technically part of the show, but they are books as well. Uh, comics and Sequential Art by Will Eisner mm. is really important. Will Eisner is like you know the Moses of the comic book world. You've got to listen to what he has to say because he's... He's, he's written the book on it. Two of them, actually. He's, he, he's the guy for which the Eisner Award, the highest honor in comics, is named. Yeah, Comics and Sequential Art by Will Eisner and Graphic Storytelling, also by Will Eisner. All of these help to demonstrate comics as a language and how to understand and interpret comics. But if you really want to get some understanding about comics, why not go to a book that has that exact title, Understanding Comics, <laughs> by Scott McCloud. Scott McCloud, uh, creator of incredible works like Zot, uh, also has a great comic book type teaching tool called Understanding Comics, which is in fact used in every single course I've ever seen where they teach comics. Oh, really? Uh, but it's, it's a great tool to help you even if you're just a, a casual fan or you're a hard, hardcore comic book fan, it's a great way to help you learn how to interpret your medium better. I mean, it's just like if you love movies, reading any film book. So these are three tools that I think are essential to understanding how comics work and thereby being able to effectively teach comics better. Um, I would Excellent also choice. recommend a number of other books uh, – to help you just build your ability and your language to teach comics. Because Joel and I are going to get into comics, and he's got a great oh, list, yeah. and as do I. Uh, but I wanted to get these books out of the way, because first of all, who wants to read? Books are boring. <laughs> I understand that. But I really, really want to get these books out there, because if even if you're not a teacher, you are an advocate for comics if you love them. So helping to understand them better it helps everybody. Um, you also, and this, by the way, also would translate to like a creative writing course or mm -hmm. a creative, write, creative writing elective or a segment in your English or literature class about creative writing. Uh, the Hero of a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. Obviously, oh, such a good one. It's essential if you want to understand how mythology and character work, story structure itself. It's cliche, but like... It's, it's the screenwriter's Bible. It's, it's, yeah, it's how you start writing a good story. Uh, at the very least, when you want to sell a story that has mainstream appeal, because the hero of a thousand faces, of course, represents like the hero that appe appeals to multi-generational, multicultural groups. Um, Plus you get to the idea of the collective subconscious and everything, which I really enjoy, which that's more of a psychological thing, but still. Right. Uh, comics are also a visual as well as textual meeting, as I've said. Um, that's why I also recommend understanding a little bit about movies because movies are the closest thing to comics. That's why everyone says, mm. is there a movie about it? Oh, why do, why do comic book movies work so well? <laughs> 
because it's like a direct translation. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a, the next step for, for for many people. I don't agree entirely. I think they're two entirely separate artistic mediums. There's things you can but only do in I, movies, I, I and there are things you, you can only do in comics. Like storyboards. It's weird that like Spielberg would discount a comic book when yeah. he's been drawing comics for the last forty years. Because That's if so you true. look like that tank sequence in Last Crusade. Oh yeah. Tank sequence in Last Crusade. Indiana Jones trying to save his father and Marcus Brody in the tank uh, in Iskandarun uh, or whatever. Uh, it's a brilliant sequence that you can watch again and again and again. Steven Spielberg storyboarded that sequence before the movie was even written. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he drew it. And he had it all plotted out and ready to go. Because he knew how to tell that story. And mm-hmm. you could visualize and understand how that story was just through storyboard. For me, Steven Spielberg's working on comics for 40 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez. There's oh, another guy quite famously. Rusky9110 says, which classes do you think comics play toward the most English sociology mythology etc well I'm glad you asked that normally I would have assumed that English is the way to go but Joel brought up a lot of interesting points and his some of his books speak to history and mythology and sociology mythology is a big one because mythology plays a big role in how um, you get that like meat and potatoes of your of your comic book universe I mean like Jack Kirby's fourth world uh, the, the the generation of entire like culture and history and understanding is in and of itself a mythology and so you could absolutely do that also there's some great illustrated mythological texts that uh what's it called that uh comics have made that are like visual representations of mythology like actual mythology like the iliad illustrated that kind of thing um so let's uh let's see what's next um can you hear me now? Mystery Man says, March by John Lewis should be in schools. Um, fair enough. Good recommendation. Um, we're going to get into more of them. But March, by the way, is a autobiographical uh, black and white book. It's actually uh, really, really solid. It's uh, relatively new. I think it came out only within the past couple of years. Um, and it's basically just about civil rights in the United States. Uh, so check it out uh, if you can. Um Taylor Castro says, I think a lot of Warren Ellis' work should be perfect, would be perfect for juniors and seniors in high school and early college students. Planetary and Transmet would be great choices. Transmetropolitan is an interesting choice. Um, I think that Transmet should be found. You should seek out Transmet. Heartless Fang, what is the Elseworlds Exchange Spring 2019 curriculum? JK, just throwing you guys some love. Thank you, Heartless. Um, very, very antithesis of that. You were really supportive. And also, um, listen, I would love for the Elseworlds Exchange to be like a kind of like educational thing. Uh, it's harder to do, but, uh, you know, to achieve accreditation. But at the very least, I'd like to take what we've learned and maybe apply it to like a community college course, something like that. Gavin202003, for example, says, we might read The Dark Knight for a ninth grade project. Yay. Dude, that's awesome. I, I also agree. Like, I kind of want Dark Knight Returns to be a thing that you find, but... Um, that's really cool, uh, that you're going to be reading it and using it. Um, I hope it translates. One of my, like, worst, my least favorite things, one of the most depressing things for me, is when you take something you love, a book you've read that you love, a comic you've read that you love, you share it with, like, an entire classroom, and you're like, and they don't respond, or they pick it apart. That is helpful, though, because it should help you to build up your understanding of the book. 
know where the criticism is going to come from, and hopefully either apply it to your understanding of the work and come up with a new understanding, or at the very least know where your criticisms are coming from so you can help better combat them. Uh, Mr. Roboto says, basketball, football, soccer balls and to are toys that make millions of dollars. No one calls them infantile. Comics have value, but are not valued at large. It's true. I mean, games, just, the va just calling them games should say like, oh, this is a thing that kids play. Uh, but like comics are a thing that uh, everybody kind of uh, by and large dismisses or has been dismissing. But I think our time in the sun is here slash coming. Thumbs up. Uh, Rusky910 says, do you think people can learn from poorly written comics? Absolutely. Uh, I think that you need to know how comics work first. I would read like good stuff, but I'd also absolutely read the bad stuff or what is largely considered to be bad. Not only will you derive new meaning from works that are considered to be largely bad, but uh, bad is subjective. You might find something you enjoy. You might find out you like schlock versus bad mm. versus exploitative like you you might run the gamut of that whole experience it is important and valuable for so many different learning opportunities so i think yes just like if you were teaching a film class i would definitely do a unit on the room right like mm. take the room and go okay we're gonna watch this take notes why doesn't that work like why doesn't the room work as a film where does it succeed like, what are some of the things they did right? And, like, you know, you could talk about the technical aspect. You could talk about the acting, the writing, the story structure, the cinematography. There's so much that is done wrong or, you know, amateurish. It's 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 a sight and a definite learning tool. Um, and Andy Colliver says, My wife, a language arts teacher, collaborated with other teachers in her team to show history of genocide and colonialism and used Mao's and Persepolis to highlight some of these links in history and literature. Excellent choices. They're definitely on our list. Uh, your wife is a smart lady. I'm glad that she was able to collaborate. I know that, like, actually in, in most American secondary schools, they're absolutely trying to encourage more collaboration between departments, um, which is much the chagrin of most of those teachers, by the way. But I definitely agree that it's a it, it's a good way to do it. It's definitely a forward-thinking method of like trying to do something like that achieves a greater understanding and purpose than what you you know than what we've done before. I mean, why do it the same way for 200 years? Why not change it up a little bit? And Mike Hawk 420 says, y'all's thoughts on Steven Spielberg's debate about not wanting Netflix movies to win Oscars, and are you excited about Jay and Silent Bob's reboot? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this has been a never-ending battle with Netflix, it seems, and like, you know, the old guard of filmmaking, because this is the same group of people who so long ago were told, oh, horror movies aren't real movies, or science fiction movies aren't real movies. I guess at a certain point, everyone just becomes the crotchety old man. Yep which I think is a real shame that this is going to happen to it's going to happen to us statistically at one point. And also Netflix is kind of funny too, where it's like, you know, they, they've been turning out some really good stuff and more people see their stuff than go to the theater, which I'm sure makes a lot of people upset. And also Netflix wasn't a real contender until they started spending money on the same level as the big studios to start getting recognized. So really at the end of the day, is it a quality thing or a money thing? Oh, I, 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 I don't know. Like, I don't know what Spielberg's problem is. He's written about the benefits of Netflix. So, like, to see him say this is really weird. Yeah. Real, like, real crotchy old man stuff. It's almost suspicious. <laughs> but I, I don't know what his... I don't, whenever anybody, particularly people in a position of authority or financial, uh, you know, authority... Uh, do something that doesn't make any goddamn sense to you. 
don't try to apply logic to it. Yeah. Instead, go, how would they make money from what they're saying or doing? <laughs> and odds are you'll probably find a more appropriate answer to your question like certainly you'll you'll and a truer answer which is too yeah. bad um so yeah because that's the thing you'd think why would spielberg like complain why would he try to make more money and it's like the answer is because they're always trying to make more money yeah nobody that's who hard. has a million dollars thinks i'm good nobody who has a <laughs> billion dollars ever thinks i'm good Anybody who has any amount of money thinks, how can I get more money? I have some of the money, but if only I could have all of the money. Exactly. So there, there you go. Uh, by the way, I'm excited a little about uh, J.M. Bob's reboot. Uh, we'll see. I'll say I'm more excited for these two than I was for the last two he did. The, the sausage movie, whatever the one before that one was. Yoga hosers and... Uh, the other Tusk. One. Tusk, yes. Um, I'm more I'm more excited for these. Also, uh, they put out a picture today from like the set. It was J-Bob and uh, his wife in there. Ish. What I want to know. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Shannon Elizabeth picture. Oh, well, maybe I am thinking of that one then. Yeah, no, maybe it's I'm, Jay's I'm... girlfriend in the first movie. Right, of course. Uh, my question is, I wonder, how are they going to exchange or explain uh, Silent Bob's weight loss? That's what I want to know. Um, I th I know they will address it. I'm excited to see how they do it. I'm sure it'll be like uh, like Bob went vegan or something. Or something. That's what I want to know. But it, it looks cute. Like It does. Good for Kev. I hope it works out. I hear like everybody's yeah. in it. So Except for Randall, who was the reason why they can't make Clerks 3. So. Oops. Oops. Uh, so let's jump into it. Uh. Somebody earlier asked Joel about like non-English classes mm. and where you could use comics. Do you have any that you might be like, oh, this would be good for a for like not just an English class? Because most of mine are obviously from an English teacher perspective. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, when I went to London Comic Con this year, I sat on a panel with Scott Chandler and a few other people who, surprisingly, and I didn't even know this until I was around Canadian comic makers, they do a lot of historical fiction in comic book form. Yeah, like a like a lot. Like that's a huge, huge industry here. Mm -hmm. In Canada, and yeah, obviously they have a lot of stuff talking about like, you know, upper and lower Canada and a lot of French people, and I'm sure a lot of them too are in languages that I can't understand because I was never good in French class. The answer is yes, they're out there. I wish I could give a more educated answer though. Fair enough. Um, by the way, if you want to talk about like history, and particularly I'm going to help you out with like, some Canadian history. Oh, There's a great you. comic strip that is collected in books that you can get that is funny, informative, and like accurate and it's called hark a vagrant by kate beaton oh yes i know hark a vagrant okay yes 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 good good odds are if you troll reddit or you read or you're familiar with comics or comic book strips you should absolutely you are familiar with it or if you're only tangentially connected read hark a vagrant i guarantee you will enjoy it it's got something for everybody um but it's also educational in its own way good pull thank you uh schnile schniggle bop uh, German uh, says another great book about comics is why comics from underground to everywhere by Hillary shoot. Mm, uh, nice. Good pull. Why comics from underground to everywhere by Hillary shoot. Also, do y'all like pancakes? There may be some really good pancake mix in your letters page future. Uh, I love pancakes. I'm a huge fan. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'll take it. Absolutely. Thank you very much <laughs> for sending us pancake mix. Um, Man, let me tell you something about pancakes. Uh, this is just a quick aside. It has nothing to do with education do whatsoever. But, like, 
Joel, what's your favorite kind of pancake? Oh man, is there that's a, a is there a style or is it just like whatever? I I like the kind that comes with bananas and with like the uh, the powdered sugar stuff. So you're that's a toppings some, man. I do enjoy a good topping. That's not to say I don't think a pancake can't stand on its own, but usually for me, I like to see the pancake as a delivery mechanism for fun toppings. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so it's basically an edible plate for you. It's an edible plate. They can still be good, but again, if I just want something to stand on its own, I'm more of a waffle guy. Ah, I hear you. Um, for me, the best kind of pancake is it's rare to see nowadays, and it's harder to achieve because I don't really know what they do. But what you need to do is I like a pancake. First of all, uh, if you can't do this, go to the original pancake house in Caldwell, New Jersey, or West mm. Caldwell. Original Pancake House, any of the choices will be amazing and delicious. Uh, but for me, if a pancake has, okay, so it's thick and delicious, but mm -hmm. it's like not too thick, not too like cakey, but like mm. it's got to have this kind of like brown outside. And it's yeah, not like it's stuff. burned and it's not like it's just brown, but it's there's, caramelized. There's something about it where it's like it's almost bitter. And it's just, there's something about that where it's like, like maybe they use lye or something, but it's just mm. so good. I don't get them very much, and I don't know how they achieve it, but something about that. When they get that, you get it right. Um, Master Terran says, hey. Let me make sure I got the right one. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, Master Terran says, hey, it's my first super chat. Well, welcome, Master Terrence. Thank you very much. You're part of an elite group of people. Uh, I also, I had a history professor who used Watchmen for Cold War history, and I even got him to read Red Sun. Good call. Nice. Good pull. I wouldn't teach Red Sun, but I would use Red Sun if I were in a history class, and it was like right before the end of the year. Yeah, and I was like, I have to give them something to be graded on. Read Red Sun. At the end of the year, we're going to do either like a quiz or like you have to write an essay. Something fun that mm. also like forces comics down your throat. Like that kind of thing. Uh, um, alternate history is a really good thing. A Watchman is good for that. And Red Sun is good for that. I don't know if that would be more history or more creative writing to be like, all right, but what if things went a different path? Well, I think like creative writing, you can do anything. Like you can make it up. History, you have to know. And it's in the details. So... As long as you, if you write accurate alternate history, then I think it would be considered history. Mm. As if C. Ed says, uh, first time watching live, and I love both of your guys' channel. Well, thank you, As if. We really you. appreciate it. And uh, welcome to the live show. You're part of it now. Thank you. Uh, uh, Daniel Shepard, how about a Dutch baby pancake? They're phenomenal. They take an extra bit of time, though. So you got to make sure you work that into your schedule when you get them. Original Pancake House, they do have the Dutch baby, and it's great. You are you are selling me on this pancake house thing there. Here's hope I can make it to Jersey one of these you days. Come out, man. Mr. Roboto, mm -hmm. Planet Hulk also sell no mention of wheat cakes. Wheat cakes are great, but you know, I only had them a couple of years ago for the first time when Tiffany made them in a great episode of uh Comic Pop Kitchen where Tiffany made wheat cakes. Check them out, they're great. And um, hard to find too. You're not gonna find that on any old menu. That's something you gotta make at home. Nobody makes them. Uh and if they do, they're gonna just make a pancake. They're just gonna lie to you. Uh, <laughs> so okay. Getting into comics, I have them broken up a little bit by like age range. So Good idea. here are comics that you can get that you can put into a curriculum for students from the ages of like let's say grade two to seven. Solid. And you apply where they go, and I'm not going to do all the work for you. You got to figure out where they fit. But like, 
Bone by Be- by Jeff Smith. Obviously. I knew you were going to mention Bone, yeah. Because you're going to need it. Like, here's the thing. With with Bone, it's like, it's fantasy. I remember they used to teach the Hobbit in schools and they took yeah. part of it. Then it became a, then Tolkien became a phenomenon again, so they brought it back. But like, Bone is every bit, if not more, uh, you know, relevant and appealing to children while also being like successful and 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 relevant as as the hobbit so check out bone uh jennifer and matthew holm have a great series called the baby mount baby mouse books Hmm. Uh, the baby mouse books are great little comics that help uh with young uh young kids and uh, i know from experience that they are great teaching tools and that uh, kids gobble them up the way that i used to gobble up fear street books in my youth (laughs) um amulet by kazu kibushi uh, is a great little series that, uh, or not series, but like a great little book that uh, appeals to a younger generation of kids and also helps to make comics relevant for them. Uh, learning to Fly, uh, G-Man Learning to Fly by Chris Russo, great for way younger kids to get them interested, get them reading, because that's what is important is getting them reading. Even if yeah. they don't necessarily read or understand all the words, getting them used to holding a book looking at words and the visual cues, helping them understand what words mean. Really mm-hmm. important. Uh, Starting is the hardest part. Yeah, exactly. Calvin and Hobbes. You need Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. In your life. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes was one of the best teaching tools for me as a kid, learning how to read, how to, how to read bigger words, understand them. Uh, the art is impeccable and unparalleled. Uh, you could read Calvin and Hobbes in any language or with no language, but the words are so well executed and chosen and, and, and brilliant that it would be a disservice to take them out. But you Agreed. can use it. So that's awesome. Uh, check out Calvin and Hobbes as well. Um, it's going to be a series or a show or a movie or something, but David Peterson's Mouse Guard. Yeah, Mouse Guard. That's a good one. Mouse Guard's great. Uh, it's also just like, it's it's not as like smart, but it is like fun and yeah it, it gives you an appreciation for art and for anatomy uh stan sakai's uh usagi ojimbo ah, i love usagi ojimbo he's a rabbit with his ears in a top knot and he gets into fun adventures it's true but there's something real there that you can actually find and, and penetrate and you can there give is. it to like a younger generation and not have it be like what is this scandalous thing um if you're teaching uh any kind of like actual literature marvel has a series from 2007 called marvel classic comics Mm -hmm. and then later on marvel illustrated marvel illustrated did comic book versions of classic books which include the iliad dracula moby Mm. dick the wizard of oz all of them the man in the iron mask the three musketeers uh treasure island there's all the a, public domain stories. Exactly. But it's a great way to sell these kinds of works and help with understanding. Because here's the thing, like back in the day when Cliff's Notes were a thing, uh, Cliff's Notes were actually developed as a teaching tool. They weren't there to skip reading. <laughs> they were there to help you understand what you what were was reading. going on. And uh, that's why like, I love when I teach Shakespeare – I read slash explain Shakespeare the whole play before we even start to do the show. Like before we even do the class, because because like I'm not going to just make you all read it in class out loud to each other and not know what the hell you're saying. It's going to take two weeks. It's going to waste everyone's time. You hear it. You'll understand it better. If you see it, it'll be way better. 
Were, were you still teaching when they introduced these, where you had the version of the book that had the original Shakespeare on the left and like a translated modern day speak on the right? Yes, I hate that. I think it's disgusting. Uh, but I get it, and uh, I would never use it. I think that Shakespeare has... There's a reason it's Shakespeare. Right. If you take away what it is, you take away everything that means what it is. Like, yeah. you're hurting it by reinterpreting it. Um, right, right. There's a reason why it's timeless and why you can set it any in any period and, like... Trust me, it's not nearly as impenetrable as you think. It, it loses have... the poetry, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. But if you have a teacher, like, who's worth their salt, and they bother to do Shakespeare, they, then you should get it. If you don't, they fucked up. <laughs> it's yeah. not hard. Like, <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, but then we get older. As you get older, you can start reading more contemporary works. That's where we get into some of the lists that like Joel and I have both. Uh, I think, and Joel's going to agree with me here, a great transitional book between like seventh, eighth grade to high school, Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Oh, very much so. No, no doubt about that. Real, real fun book, you know, real relatable. I think I would say as relatable to kids today as the old Lee Ditko Spider-Mans were from back in the day and talking about modern stuff and, you know, talking about just fun superhero stuff. It could be like a modern day catcher in the rye for people. Mm. So I think it's, it's essential. Uh, no we, doubt. Before we officially transition, Michael Lowe says cast iron pancakes, have that gold crust you want. Fair enough. Thank you. Um, well, good to know. I'll try that out. Mr. Roboto, Greg Pak, Planet Hulk fits the bill for teaching. I guess, uh, certainly if you're talking about world building or you're talking about, like, you know, time waster for creative writing. Uh, but, like, mm -hmm. I, I've read Planet Hulk cover, to cover. I've read the appendices. It's a lot more about world building than it is about education. Yeah. Uh, but if you can find meaning in it, then it's definitely valuable. Taylor Petcher, would you also do a focus on genre in comics, focusing on certain writers like Brubaker or Lemire? Mm. Rucka, uh, for crime, sci-fi, or espionage. Absolutely. I mean, like, yeah. Gotham Central is a great book for if you want to teach about, like, police procedural and noir and crime. Um, and all those writers also speak to those those elements. The thing is, if you break it into genre, you're going to you're gonna get away. It's going to get away from you. Yeah, you know, a little like, bit. It'd be like teaching a, a film class and then being like, okay, and, here, and we're going to get into comedy and horror and blah, blah, blah. Like, it it's going to get away from you. And Gotham Central is great too because it actually touches on so many more themes than even just the base ones. You get some LGBT themes later on with yeah. Renee Montoya. You get some horror themes later on with Poison Ivy. That book touches a lot of genres. That's true. Uh, Venomous says, I'm a middle-level I'm a middle level ed major. Any suggestions for grades five through eight? Uh, definitely mm. what, what I just wrote, wrote down for you, um, and I'll toss them out again. Bone, Baby Mouse, Amulet, G-Man, Mouse Guard, Usagi Ojimbo, Marvel Illustrated, Calvin and Hobbes, and, uh, and those are kind of like a good age range between five and eight. Uh, and yeah. Ms. Marvel, if you're doing eighth grade, because like that's when you're starting to do more adult-themed books. You're going to, like, 1984 should be taught in eighth grade, because like mm. it's harder, but like their brains are there, and they can, they can, they can fix it. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Venomous also wants to know any for math and science focus. That I can't help you. I'm, I'm not really a math and science kind of guy. Neither am I. I feel like I should have an answer for this, and I don't. Yeah, right? Uh, a beautiful mind. I think they showed us a beautiful mind in, a, what is it, in math class, because it's like the one movie that's about math. Right, and even then, it's not really. 
<laughs> no, it isn't. It's just tangentially about math. Yeah, but it's cool. You got to see that great movie because it is a really great yeah, movie. Yeah, it is really good. Great Russell Crowe performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chase Eichler says, would you teach Watchmen as a lesson on satire? Uh, no, I, I teach it. Like I would teach it as a kind of like, um, I would teach it for creative writing. I talk about, uh, you know, prose, character work. Um, I definitely use it as ultra history. Construction, absolutely. Um, so those are, those are kind of the things that I would use. Um, satire could work. But there's more, like V for Vendetta might be more in that line. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, hey, uh, V for Vendetta and uh, the other one are great, too, because they have movies attached to them. So you can actually be like, hey, class, and at the end of this course, we'll watch the movie and we can have a whole discussion contrasting, comparing what one did right and the other one didn't. Yeah, I argue the movie's actually a little better than the book. Like, I pre- certainly prefer it. For V, yeah, v, v is one of those weird situations where I will say that because V in the comic is not really a main character. You see him through the eyes of other people, as we mentioned a lot. Exactly. So jumping into more like high school level, mm. like pre, like like junior high to high school level. Joel, let's talk about some of your books. Uh, yeah, here's some ones that I actually thought would be rather interesting. You know, it's a book that I think we all really like, and I think it's one that I would like to expose young people to because it is, you know, literarily sound. And also, I think this is something you could give to even a philosophy class because the writer is known for kicking a ton of philosophy, and that is Graham Morrison's All-Star Superman. Absolutely. All-Star Superman is so great and also so relevant and appeals to a Layered. lot of people. Totally. And there's definitely something in there for everyone because they break it up into a bunch of different stories. Maybe you like the Kryptonian astronaut stuff. Maybe you like the stuff that they actually omitted from the animated movie where uh, we actually get all the Superman from across time and the death of, uh, what is it, Clark's dad and everything. Oh, yeah. No, I like that. Uh, the animated movie is really great, but it's not – the book is better. It's got a lot more it in is. there. Uh, the, the you can just do more with the book, yeah. Totally. Um Totally. Uh, we talked about this one a little bit. We ch- touched on it. Certainly came up in the super chats, but one of your pills was, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Art Spiegelman's uh, mouse. mouse. Yeah, Mouse. I mean, I, I, to my surprise, again, this is how long I've had this idea in the hopper when I was researching this one. Turns out this and a couple of the other books I mentioned on my list are actually taught in schools right now, as it should because Mouse is a great one for exploring World War II and the Holocaust through the lens of cats and mouses. Yeah, no, it's right. Uh, it is. It was considered to be important and iconic when it came out. I remember when Mouse was like a big deal. It won a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. It's a great way to sell it to people. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it's it's incredible. Um it's not perfect, but it no. is excellent. It's a really good, like, if you want to defend the artistry of comics and like, hey, they have important things to say. It's more than just, you know, people in colored underwear punching each other. Right, exactly. Uh, the art is almost borderline experimental. And mm. it, there's a lot to talk about with Mouse that you, it's not just a teaching tool for history. It's also like a great method to show how like comics work, how artistic expression can like tell its own story the art in mm. and of itself sells medium and message and all that good stuff exactly so yeah uh it's heavy but as heavy as anything else that you would teach in that kind of with that kind of like I, thematic i know in 
Yeah, I know in my World War II history class there, they gave us a lot of really heavy stuff to read, a lot of really heavy personal accounts of like, you know, Holocaust survivors and everything. And I think if you're going to give high school students that, you can give them mouse. Oh, absolutely. If you got to read, uh, what's it called, Ellie Wiesel's uh, uh, Night, you can read mm. mouse and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I would also, uh, at that time, I'd also probably toss out, uh, you know, Watchmen. That'd be a great time to do it. But I wouldn't t- put it against... I wouldn't put it in a vacuum. You'd have to read other superhero books to get there. It's true to really to really appreciate what it means in the alternate history sense because it's a book about comics, right? Uh, so and to teach it as like a thing where it's like no, it's a representation of alternate history, and we're talking about the the Cold War. No, it's talking about superheroes, and it's talking about mm. like what Alan Moore thinks about them. And of all course, that other stuff is in it, but at the end of the day, yes. And like, and while the books on this list do, in, some of them do include superheroes. Uh, I wouldn't use these and only these. I would also have them like explore comics in general. But you have a couple of superhero books that are great and also relevant to this uh, this topic. Um, Indeed, I do. So let's hear them. Uh, okay, so here's a new one that came out just recently, and I think it's one that we both really enjoyed, and this is one that I think could easily be taught in a civics class, in a creative writing class, uh, in an art class even, because the guy who wrote it also drew it, and that's Batman White Knight. Yeah, interesting pull. I would not have picked it originally. Uh, I, uh, I I loved this one when it came out because it was such a high mind to take on the superhero genre. You don't really need to know a lot of history to truly enjoy because a lot of it's baked in there in its own universe. But it talks a lot about like, hey, kids, be mindful of who's, you know, uh, got their hands in which pockets and, you know, who's making money and how how a city works and how, you know, the police work and everything and how, you know, the push and pull between people and corruption and order and everything. Yeah, the just the 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 dicey nature of who Batman is, what he is, what people understand Batman to be, particularly in a classroom setting where they're like, they're not necessarily sold on who Batman is because they might not read comics. Yeah. Uh, It's a great debate book. Very much so. I think this book would spark some really interesting debates in the classroom, which were always my favorite part in English class when the teacher would open up the floor and be like, now what did this scene mean to you? What do you think the writer was trying to get across here? Totally. Um, In a high school setting, you need to have books that will either occupy the place of or uh, complement those other books that are relevant and contemporary and about being a, a youth in an extreme circumstance. And yeah. that's why I got to recommend it's a it's more of an illustrated novel, but I'm going to pitch it anyway. It's Craig Thompson's book Blankets, which is a semi autobiographical book uh, about being raised by evangelicals. And I'm not saying anything about that topic. I'm simply saying that, like, this is a kind of book that you would expect to see in a high school English class. It's the kind of thing where it's like it's looking at a different or a familiar environment under this kind of scrutiny. Yeah, yes. Same with Persepolis, which, again, is another book we know is actually taught in schools now. Absolutely. So, I mean, those in general... Uh, are important and also would be a great teaching tool and help break things up from just looking at these words on a blank page um, or on a screen because, let's face it, everybody's got an iPad now, apparently. Uh, yeah. Is that how it is? Again, it's been a long time since I've been in school. Is that how it goes now? Do they not even get books anymore? Is it all ebooks now? Uh, it, I don't. It would be smarter to make them ebooks. I've only, in my experience, and I've been, I've taught relatively recently. It's still it's still books. Hmm. And I think it's just because they have them. 
Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, Chase Eichler uh, said his question. Uh, Sam Anderson, teaching comics as art. What books come to mind? Um, art books, like teaching comics as an art form. Uh, any of the books I mentioned earlier about sequential art by Will Eisner, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. When you talk about art, I got two books for you. I'd say anything by Alex Ross. <laughs> Kingdom Come by Alex Ross. Yeah, there you go. I uh, I not only like used this in a religion course in college, but also uh, it's just it's unparalleled in the art uh, and. You have to understand, like, the climate from which it came. Like, Marvels was the first one, then Kingdom Come, and completely dwarfed Marvels. Yeah. Because Ross's art just got that much better. And arguably, the story was, like, more in-depth and engrossing. Uh, <laughs> but Kingdom Come, obviously. The other one, uh, which is the cover sake for this uh, for this episode, is DC's New Frontier. Hey, another good one. Uh, good old, uh... yeah, good old New Frontier. Yeah, gotta yeah, love Darwin that one. Cook. Uh, it was a genius and had a, a, a beautiful eye for character anatomy well, in its own very distinct style. Uh, it's also a great way to look at history, but I would more see it as an art book. I wouldn't use it in place of history. I'd be like, no, no, no. This is, if you like history, I guess you can read New Frontier. But like more, it's about the art. And New Frontier also has a movie attached to it, so if you were teaching a course on it, you could uh, show the movie, which Cook actually wrote himself as well. Yeah, it's a great version of the of of the of the comic. Uh, I love DC New Frontier, the movie. Um, it's not as in depth. I highly recommend you get the book, but like mm. those are some I would use uh, if you're going to teach about comics and visual medium. Uh, you know. That would be what I'd pick. I would also pick something like I, you got to get some manga in there, like Akira by uh, Katsuro mm. Otomo. Uh, Akira is something for everybody, and at the very least, they might have heard of it. Yeah, uh, that probably helps. You know, but it's even I've read Akira, and I'm not a manga guy. <laughs> even good just for historical sake to be like, hey, and here's Akira. Here's the thing that so many other things have ripped off stylistically since then. Yeah, and and for that, for to that credit, I'm also gonna pull a Tiffany and say like, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon might actually be something. There might be something there for you, uh, especially if you're like a young woman. I I read a lot of it too. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I can't I can't front. No. <laughs> Is ringing. It's it probably is. not important though. I'll, dude, should I get that or should I just let it ring? Uh, yeah, grab it. I'll read another super chat. All right. Uh, what was it? Uh, Gr uh, Mr. Roboto says Grant Morrison, weird work for teaching. Uh, Grant Morrison, man, I mean, like, I think if you were doing a comics course, you would teach some Grant Morrison. Like, because he has more to say about comics. <laughs> That he does about like the human condition, but uh, Animal Man, Doom Patrol, and we said All Star Superman. Yeah. Those all are great tomes that you could use. And honestly, like I might also pick something like Final Crisis because of how meta it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, meta to about actually comics. to actually teach kids about meta text, I think is really important. Something that a lot of English classes don't uh, do. Yeah, totally. Um, oh right. Uh, and getting back into the super chats, uh, Mike Manhattan says X Men: The Magneto Testament would be great. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he also recommended Planetary for the history of pop culture. Mm. Uh, so fair enough. Uh, we have the Planetary Omnibus here, and uh, nice. I've, I've said it before. I think Ethan would really dig it. 
So yeah, uh, moving right along, uh, Taylor Pesher says, "What uh, would you also throw in the authority with Watchmen since it's another deconstructive work of superheroes and their effect on society going into the new millennium? I would recommend the authority. I would teach Watchmen, recommend authority. Yeah, it's a bit of a harder sell. And you don't want to like overrun them with deconstruction of superheroes. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to give them some room to grow and seek out that which they might find meaning in and of themselves. Exactly. Uh, and Will I'm, Will I'm Golden says, for high school students, I might suggest some Tetsuka books like Blackjack or indie books like The American Way and Incognito. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with either of them, so I'm sorry. Uh, is, is Blackjack the doctor? Is, is he the guy who's like the anime doctor who does cool stuff? He's like anime house? I don't know. Okay, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't help you. He did like Metropolis and Astro Boy. So it's like, it's early manga kind of thing. So. Right. Well, okay. manga and anime. So anyway. Um, all right. So moving right along, we still have plenty more. Uh, you meant, we talked about superhero books. Joel, you have a couple other ones that are major superhero titles. Um, uh, yeah. That are for more like civics and uh, you know sociology. Uh, I like yeah. this one a lot. Uh, what was it? Green Lantern? Uh, yeah, this one, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, the hard traveling heroes from Denny O'Neill. I thought this would be really interesting and really timely for the age we live in. This is a superhero book that kind of ditches a lot of the bright lights and glamour to talk about homelessness, to talk about drugs, to talk about, you know, a lot of really important pressing issues that have not gone away since this book was written. But more importantly, what I think is great about this book and what I think would actually lead to some really great conversation in a classroom setting. This is a book about a liberal and a conservative who are best friends and who fight for good. Right. The idea that you can have conflicting ideologies, but still want the same things and still have mutual respect and mutual respect, not just shouting at each other over your disrespect for each other and your beliefs. Although they do that too. (laughs) They do that too. But at the end of the day, there's no like hate behind it. It's just, they make up. They make up, exactly. They, they, There's no resentment between the two of them. Yeah, which I think is a very important lesson to teach kids, I think would be nice. I agree. Now, that's a great point. That, that, that plays to a lot of today's sensibilities. Um, in addition, by the way, just getting back to the art question, another great one about art and particularly about literature and everything like that. Uh, I got to toss out Sandman from Neil Gaiman and yeah. various artists. Uh, Sandman is so essential and so important and i can't imagine when i was growing up like as a kid into like adolescence sandman's influence while it had come out long before that its influence had been in effect and affected so many people that whose respect i wanted so many women and men but particularly women who like just really connected with that material and allowed it to inform like their sense of rebellion and their artistic mm-hmm. flair and their like clothing style. Like it, it represents this time period that I have a great reverence for and also is penetratingly insightful and, and, and explorative about like the, your, your, your condition and your belief structure and, and, and mythology. It's just, there's so much in, in Sandman that is essential and, to let it be ignored is to do a disservice to the culture. I think high schoolers would really appreciate it. And I think a lot of high schoolers need some gaming in their life. I think they need Uncle Neil to come and talk to them via Sandman. Completely. Uh, uh, 
in that regard, same deal. Swamp Thing, I think that's also great. Uh, I don't know if I teach it, but I could. If I had I think, to, I would. I think I think the stoners in the back would really appreciate Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, um, I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think there is something to be said for for, for Swamp Thing and a, a place for it. Um, Definitely, and, and horror too, because you know there's some good horror stuff in that as well. Absolutely, that heavily appeals to the horror-minded people. So mm -hmm. check that out. Uh, uh, speaking of ones, you know, high-minded ones like that, another one that I think would be really great for a mythology class, and it's definitely in the same wheelhouse as the books we just mentioned, uh, Fables from Bill Willingham. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, where would you teach that? Again, I think that would be like a world mythology thing because he draws on a lot of mythology. He draws on a lot of Brothers Grimm fairy tales, yep. but not just from North America, from everywhere. So you hear like fairy tales you've never even heard of before. That's so smart. Uh, and it's such a great work. Uh, and did it ever wrap up? I don't remember if it ever. Yeah, I think it eventually did. Yes, like 300 issues in. Nice. Uh, it had a good long run. Also, a... too. Yeah. For Fables, too, also, uh, it's a great thing to talk about adaptations because they literally say there are whole fairy tale characters who are forgotten from time because they got deleted from the original Brothers Grimm story because people prefer the Disney version. Right. No, you're right. And it, most, if not all, fairy tales, particularly ones adapted by Disney, are much darker than you'd think. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Again, the first arc is all about Rose Red, the sister of Snow White, who no one remembers because she didn't get put in the movie uh -huh. version. No, it's true. Uh, no, Fable's a great pull. Good call. Mm-hmm. And for those who like Once Upon a Time, watch this. It's what they ripped off. Yep, it was supposed to be that, and it became something else. Because Willingham is apparently incredibly difficult to work with, and also ABC is like, we own Disney, so let's just put our princesses in there. Mm-hmm. Smart move for them. <laughs> Very much so, and it's continuing. I think that show's still going and still popular, so the joke was on him. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, Joel, you got two more at least. What do we got? All right, so here's one. Again, the chat uh, mentioned X-Men, and I think, you know, X-Men is a perfect teaching tool. Again, in yep. about civil rights, about, you know, uh, genetics, about so many things. And I picked, you know, arguably one of the most beloved X-Men stories and definitely one of the most poignant, and that is, of course, God Loves, Man Kills. Yeah, I was going to put this on the list, and I opted not to, not only just because I kind of figured it was going to come up, but also because, like, I don't know, like, I think that X-Men is not quite distilled, Mm. in that but i think that it is a great way to talk about like hot button issues yeah but in a fun way yeah in, in, a, in a in a seemingly innocuous way once shadow cat drops the end bomb you're gonna go oh shit yeah that's a little much well, and well and it'll also get their attention very much. I mean, again, hey, they still teach, uh, what is it, uh, Grapes of Wrath and all those Steinbeck books, and those books are riddled with N-words, too. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, so, and I think Claremont might actually, there's like, there's not, there's, there's the chance he might stop by. Yes, also that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and one of my last suggestions is, uh, I gotta recommend this because I think it's really essential, and I think it's like, it's a great, like, it's a great, like, science fiction kind of book. You know, you got to teach your Bradburys, you got to teach your uh, Isomovs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Asimovs. But uh, I think Tom King's vision is something that could be considered to be uh, a classic. And, it's really solid. Yeah. And I think it, like, really explores the other and talks about, like, 
what it means to be human, and if you're looking to get comics into your curriculum. Yeah, and it's nice and like, you know, in its own little bubble. So, you know, you could give it to people with no background on comics and I think they'd still be able to appreciate it. Totally. And while I can't speak to it, I think Tiffany might also recommend Mr. Miracle, but like, we'll have to talk about that. That's that's a pretty good one for depression and everything there. I, I didn't finish it. I own it. I got the collected edition now, but I haven't finished it. I liked what I read and I know that's probably strange for people who are like, oh, Jules always ragging on Heroes in Crisis and Batman. Yeah. He, he does good work. The man does good work. I just no. don't like these works. Tiff and I were literally talking about it and like, it, trying to figure out like like meaning and interpretation and there's a lot to pour over through that yeah uh, oh, yeah. dan says uh, straczynski's rising stars and miller's jupiter's legacy for sociology and philosophy classes cool mm. yeah uh i would be hard pressed to put mark miller in my curriculum but i guess i don't blame you there jupiter <laughs> Jupiter's legacy is one of the better ones to pick i also really like uh you know reborn but uh reborn's a little Same. different uh, same as same with Garth Ennis. I love Garth Ennis, but I don't know if I would put any of his stuff in my curriculum. Maybe maybe some of his war stories, because the man loves war stories. He does love war stories. I mean, like I I'm always looking for a way to get Preacher back out there, mm. um, and I don't know if I could recommend Preacher as a teacher. It's a team, hard sell. But if I knew, like, but I would recommend it to a student that I knew would would appreciate it. So, yeah, you know. Um. Anything else, Joel, or is that it? Yeah, I, I had one more. Uh, Nat, which is the uh, comic book story of Nat Turner and the famous slave rebellion and everything there. It's uh, it's interesting where it's like, you know, here's a dark part of history here, but let's, you know, kind of make it like a triumphant action story, but also tell the real history. Like, you know, we, we get them in with being like, no, 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 it's like Django Unchained. No, it's not actually. Here's some real history and some real knowledge for you. Apparently... This comes from a company that does a whole line of stories like this, you know, about the Underground Railroad and similar parts of American history. I actually discovered in my research that, again, this is taught in schools by some more progressive teachers. The only problem is that apparently uh, as a cost-cutting measure, the paper that these books are printed on is actually a little flimsy, which is a shame. Oh, then it's not going to last. I, I might want to no. get, uh, get, get the digital version out there. <laughs> That's probably, I think you can actually get these on Amazon, the digital version. So again, if you are a teacher, if you want to do this for, you know, a special theme there, definitely get the digital versions. Yeah. Uh, now, like I said, these are just a couple of suggestions. They're not everything. Uh, and uh, we're going to leave out a couple of things that I might consider. It really depends on what you're teaching, what elements are coming up, like what you, you know, what kind of, what your student body's like, whether they would uh, yeah. accept it. You don't want to disrupt your class by forcing them to do something they don't want to mm. do or accept. You want to challenge your students, but you also don't want to like drag them kicking and screaming because the reality is it's their class and it's going to be harder and harder to get those, to, to get them to meet you halfway if they're not even willing to go halfway, you know, it's, it's definitely so, you know, it, what, you know, I didn't recommend a single Batman book, and it's because, like, there are a lot of Batman books that I might use, but I'd have to really think about it, as opposed to mm -hmm. just blanket. These are blanket books that you could, like, sell these. Like, you could be like, these are books that you could use, and you could, like, pretty much find a place for them. It's not like I'm looking for a way to use Batman or Spider-Man or something like that. But I could use them, and if I were, you know, if I wanted to be more clever, I could figure out a way to weave in Spider-Man and Batman and other mainstream things. But let's let's give these guys some attention. Yeah. Uh, really quick. Uh, also, Taylor Petcher says, uh, I think Brubaker's Fatal would be a cool for a literature class. It's a mix of skewed history, Lovecraftian horror, and crime. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know. All things I like. Yeah, right. 
and appeals to that kind of uh, student mentality. So you, you got that in there. So definitely, uh, if you haven't already, check out these books. Uh, think about them. Even if you're not like a teacher or a student, um, explore uh, and, and crack open your sensibilities and your expectations by reading some of these 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 essential pieces if you love comics and that's it read at least the books that i recommended because they'll help you understand and appreciate them a little better uh christian they promise they're worth visiting no exactly christian Ferrer says hello sal and joel i thought just thought about promethea by alan moore and jh williams the third uh i think it's great uh to teach about creativity um that's fair um alan I, I, yeah promethea i'll be fine with uh watchman v vendetta hellblazer that kind of thing yes uh you know, I might go more Sandman than I would Promethea, but like I don't blame mm. you there. Uh, and Sir Lion uh, or Sir Loin of Ice, <laughs> nice. The uh, Death of Stalin and other uh, books by the same author about the Russian Revolution. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. A lot like of I interesting said, stuff in Russian history. Yeah, you're going to be developing your own curriculum. Uh, I believe Death of Stalin is a movie, so it's not really a comic book, uh, but. Uh, I do appreciate the recommendation and the suggestion. Uh, there's a lot of these kinds of things. And like I said, you can make your own list. Um, hopefully this is a springboard to like you to help you develop your own uh, teaching tools or learning tools to, to explore comics and hopefully change some minds and some hearts on the subject. Totally. Uh, we want to thank you all so much for hanging out with us and for the super chats for contributing to the show. Don't forget also to check out patreon.com slash comic pop to catch the side show. It's another show, whole other show, audio version of this that you can find on the Patreon that Joel and I do uh, where we talk about something totally different. Uh, so mm -hmm. check out our Patreon at least to get into the behind-the-scenes looks and early access to some stuff here at Comic Pop. And it also, the entire proceeds of Patreon pay for this. I get to come here and work and focus on making stuff for you. And I get that because of that and this, but also that. So thank mm -hmm. you all. And hopefully you check it out. If not, at the very least, hang out with us here and subscribe, click the bell, and we'll see you guys here on Comic Pop. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Thanks a lot for hanging out. And Joel, nice work. Good list. I give you thank an A you. plus for, pre for preparedness. <laughs> Woohoo. The only time I actually prepare for this show. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I, uh, student me versus worker me like student like student me versus podcaster me or youtuber me i am way more productive now <laughs> tell me about it heck there's there's whole topics that you and i have tabled because it's like oh that needs a week for us to research and get stuff together on yeah. that one no, it's true it, it's 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 weird to think about but uh, anyway thank you so much for hanging out and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>